You want to hurry this up, Clark? I'm freezing my baguettes off. 250 strands of light, 100 individual bulbs per strand for a grand total of 25,000 imported Italian twinkle lights. Hey! 25,000. Well, I hope nobody I know drives by and sees me standing in the yard staring at the house in my pajamas. If they know your dad, they won't think anything of it. Fire it up, Dad! I dedicate this house to the Griswold family Christmas. Oh. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Oh. Oh, uh, Beautiful, Clark. Oh, talk about pissing your money away. Oh, I hope you could see what a silly waste of resources this was. He worked really hard, Grandma. So do washing machines. All right, welcome back to the Mission Hills L.A. Sermons Podcast Recap Edition. Uh, you just listened to uh, one of my favorite scenes, but I, I say one of my favorite scenes, but really every scene from Christmas, Christmas Vacation is one of my favorite scenes. Um, and if you're not familiar with Christmas Vacation, I'm sorry, that scene probably made no sense to you because it's an audio version of a movie. Uh, so if you haven't seen Christmas Vacation, then uh, you've got a week. You've got a week to go see Christmas Vacation. You can find it on Amazon. Do what you need to do. Watch Christmas Vacation. It's the best Christmas movie. So you've got a week. Um, and I wanted to start uh, this, uh, this week's sermon recap with uh, Christmas Vacation. We watched it uh, yesterday during the service. And uh, one is just, it's a hilarious scene. Uh, but I think it's pretty appropriate uh, during this week of Advent that is all about joy. Because it's completely Clark Griswold going out there uh, for the most like fulfilling, momentous uh, event of his family holiday so far, which is having all of his family out in the cold, watching him uh, light up the house, and <laughs> obviously nothing happens, and the whole family, um, yeah, the, the whole scene is, uh, is kind of ruined by the lights not turning on, and his family mocks him, and they go back in the house, right? But I think that is, uh, for me, the feeling of uh, the holidays because uh, I was I was reading um, I saw something recently. It was a, reading a church bulletin. They they had their thing for uh, Advent, and um, their their week three on the bulletin was jumping for joy, and it had these people jumping in the air. And uh, I, I just roll my eyes because that's what I do, and I'm a terrible person. And I just thought, that's not my experience at all of the holidays. It's like everybody is just constantly jumping for joy. I actually think that's one of the problems that our culture and every commercial and every movie, uh, shout out Christmas Prince on Netflix, uh, wants us to just have this like unending high of the holidays but if you're anything like me, and 
or anybody that I've uh, just been sp- speaking with lately, uh, the holidays are, are, are really hard. The holidays are a really difficult time, and I think that's not uh, addressed, which can be a, a really painful thing because uh, it, can, it can be uh, isolating and we can feel alone if uh, we imagine that everyone else is having just the best time in the world and every movie and commercial uh, shows us what we're missing out on. And we feel alone that somehow our grief and our sadness or this sense of loss during the holidays is isolated. That we're the only ones that feel this. And I know I have felt that in the past. I know I feel that generally, um, maybe to a lesser degree, um, you know, during this time of year that uh, people are are experiencing this loss. Um, and it's something that I've... Um, I've noticed in just my uh, conversations with some people recently, and they've expressed the same thing, that I just feel so alone this time of year that I'm the only one that feels sad. And there's a lot of people that share that grief, and it's just not given room. And it might be uh, the loss of a loved one, uh, that we know that that loved one isn't going to be there this holiday that we're going to go home or we're going to go see family or we're actually not going to see family because uh, there's there's not a reason maybe to go home. And that's a tremendous sense of loss and grief that needs space, uh, that needs a space for, for lament. Maybe it's a, a, a marriage. Uh, maybe it's a, a kid that's gone off to college. Maybe it's even a dream, a dream for what 2017 was going to be or something that uh, we were going to accomplish in 2017, and for whatever reason, it just didn't happen, or it didn't happen in the way that we thought it would. And there's a sense of loss and grief that we're now less than two weeks from the end of the year, and this hope, this dream that we had is somehow lost. And maybe it's been something that's been building up for years, and we just feel this sense of lack and loss, and um, a dream that has gone unrealized. I had an awful holiday two years ago. I lost my health. Uh, I was terrified that would never get it back. And I couldn't see. Um, I, I was taking naps all the time. Uh, I, was, I went from being in, in really good shape to all of a sudden not being able to um, even read and write a paper for school. And I just remember just being so low. Uh, I would go to doctor's appointments, uh, MRIs, nothing, and blood tests, and nothing would come back. No one was able to figure out what was wrong with me. Neurological tests, nothing. I felt absolutely hopeless. And I remember walking around in my aunt and uncle's house that Christmas Eve, and and I felt so bad. I, I just felt so sick. And I remember just thinking, I want to die. I really, I don't, I don't, there was no way out for me. Like I felt so bad. I felt so sick that I really just wanted the pain to stop. So I, at a deep level, understand the sense of lack and loss and hopelessness that comes along with the Advent season 
which is a sense of waiting, of saying, you know, where is the joy? Week three of Advent is supposed to be about joy, but I actually think it's supposed to be about questioning where in the world is the joy? Because I look around at the world and I don't really see much evidence other than what is trying to be uh, sold to me. I actually saw a commercial this week of um, Citibank, and Citibank had put up these ATMs, but instead of ATMs, they had uh, put across the top Joy TMs, Joy TMs, and customers would go up to these ATMs, and instead of getting cash out, they got a gift certificate of Joy. I have no idea what this means. I do not know what, I did not research this, but... I just thought it was the most ridiculous thing for uh, a company to dispense joy, or actually maybe it's the most uh, telling thing that we actually go up to ATMs uh, with this expectation that that's where we find our joy. Especially in this country where we probably worship money in the economy more than anything. The gospel text for this week is John 1. Um, and they, they have it broken up. It's kind of a long piece, but I just want to read two verses. Uh, and the, the set it up is um, it's introducing in the Gospel of John, John, John the Baptist. Um, so I'm just going to read this little slip, uh, snippet. Then they, the Pharisees, said to him, John, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. Who do you say? What do you say about yourself? And he said, John. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So I think that I think in the Gospel of John, it might be more appropriate to call John the Baptist, John the voice. John says, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, not really one of I've got all the answers and man, I've got joy, joy deep down in my heart kind of guy. You know, I'm the one crying in the wilderness. Uh, We typically don't go to the wilderness if everything is fine, right? Like we don't go out and wish uh, sort of uh, famine and pain and the conditions of the wilderness if everything in life is just really peachy, which maybe is really uh, telling in the case, particularly of, of John the Baptist, who's particularly an Advent figure, we talked about him last week, and the lectionary talks about him this week. And John, if you know anything about John's story, is his dad, Zachariah, was a priest. So John probably grew up in the temple, going uh, to uh, religious gatherings all the time with his parents, and was very versed in just religious culture. It's part of his heritage. And it's almost as if John's journey into the wilderness is a protest movement against his upbringing to say, I, I don't know where God is, I know, but I know for sure God is not in the temple. God is not there. So I am the one in the wilderness crying out, make straight the way of the Lord. What? I don't, I'm not sure what this is, but there's one to come, kingdom come. Where is God? God is not here in the temple, but God is to come. What a, like, what a protest figure. 
And uh, I was really moved this week by another protest figure, a guy by the name of um, A.D. Barkin. And uh, I've I aptly titled this uh, week's sermon uh, A.D. Venn, um, a little play on, on his name. But I saw A.D., um, he was all over the news this week because he was traveling um, from his home to D.C., uh, to protest the uh, GOP tax reform bill, uh, which will obviously dismantle uh, health care and lots of safety nets for people like Addy, because uh, Addy has uh, ALS and is uh, he's just trying to make it. He's just trying to live another year. Uh, he, he has a son, and he I saw an interview this week. He said, I just want to see my son learn to read. And this GOP tax reform bill that they passed um, is going to completely cut health care uh, and cut safety nets for people that are suffering from uh, degenerative diseases like ALS, um, like the one that Addie suffers from, and like, uh, you know, ALS and so many other diseases. I mean, there were, it was just so inspiring to see him and other uh, people this week protest that bill which is going to completely dismantle healthcare. And uh, Aiden was on um, a lot of social media. He was also on MSNBC, CNN, because he actually, on the way to DC, ran into Jeff Flake, Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona on the plane. And he pulled him aside in the aisle and was pleading. If you, if you haven't seen this video, go watch it. It's on YouTube, you can find it. Uh, he's pleading with Jeff Flake, you know, you could be a hero. You could save my life. You could you could save my life. You could save other people's lives. Just don't vote in favor of this bill. And Jeff Flake just laughs in his face. It makes kind of a sly remark about, oh, you you you're really read up on all this. And and AD goes, we, my life depends on it. My life depends on it. Of course I'm read up on this. You're going to vote and you don't really think much of me because you're just kind of like smirking and laughing the fact that I actually know what I'm talking about. Well, of course I know what I'm talking about. You're going to vote on whether or not I might have another year or two years to live, whether or not I'll get the funding to be able to afford my medication and healthcare costs. Of course I'm read up on it. And I think 80, is the Advent figure. He's the John the Baptist figure. He is the protest figure that says, echoes Jesus saying, your kingdom come, your kingdom come. We are waiting, but we are saying at the same time, we are pleading that God is to come. The kingdom is to come because it certainly doesn't feel like it's here. This is the work of Advent. This is the, the inspiration of Advent. It is the inspiration of people like Adi in the line of John the Baptist, in the tradition of Jesus, a voice in the wilderness crying out, your kingdom is to come. Make straight the way of the Lord. I hope everyone has a good week. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and uh, thank you so much for listening. I'll hopefully talk to you guys soon.